You might thank me our sponsors for this morning. Sure to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Av, Paul and Kathy Pollock, for dedicating the Shurim and Joshua's this month. In honor of their grandchildren, may they grow to become the best version of themselves. The Dafyomi Shur and Shalema for Yehuda Ben Michal Mehi, together with Kol Chole Yisrael, experience a complete and enduring refua. Our week of learning sponsors, Jeff and Karen Cohn, incarnation of the art site of Karen's mother, Clara Axman Zichron Levracha. Our day of learning sponsors, Sherry and Alan Steinmetz, commemorating the art site of Alan's grandfather, Shimon Ben Yitzchak Isaac, and in honor of Allison and Adam's return. Baruch to Adam after a, like a sabbatical. Our life sabbatical. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Welcome back. Welcome back. Our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Mark and Elsa Lustman, incarnation of the yard site of Mark's mother, Anne Lustman, Chana Rachel, Bas Avram, Alter, Zichron, Levracha, and Adam and Allison Steinmetz for the Shalema for Moshe, Ruvain, Ben, Sima, Taiblo. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora. All of the Nishamas will have an Aliyah, and all, all the families in Nechama, and all of those who require a Refuah should have one together with Kol Chole Yisrael. But with that, let us begin. We have a lot to do today, Baruch Hashem. Today's daf is Mem Gimel 43. We are picking up on Mem Beis Amud Beis. So the truth is, we left off not so far down from the, from the middle of the daf. We'll actually pick up today, Emer Hashem. Um, well, okay, Amarava, hi Milsa. We did this. It's about uh, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, about 24 lines up from the bottom. So Amarava, hi Milsa Kashoi, but we read this part. Hi Milsa Kashoi, by Rabbi Rabbi Yosef, Esumetartin Shnin, fellow Ifrik, Adi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, Bereisho, Pirka. So I'll say, so remember again, we were dealing with the following question. We were dealing with the following question. This was the ace vague. Right, Reb Shimon brought up, I'm sorry, Reb Shimon said, Reb Shimon said that halacha lemaisa, in a case, it's actually quoting the Mishnah, in a case where halacha lemaisa, um, let's go back for just a moment. In the Mishnah, we we're dealing with at what point in time does the father become entitled to the collections if his daughter was violated or seduced. So we had the Tanakama, the Rabbanan and the Mishnah essentially said that as long as the father was alive at the start of the judicial proceedings, even if he dies before the verdict is reached, ultimately the, the, the compensation package, we'll call it, belongs to him. Reb Shimon said everything is dependent on gavia collection. If the father died before collecting anything, then Lamaisa, the, the, the award, so to speak, belongs to the daughter. So remember again, the Gemara said, why is that? Why is that? The Gemara said, halacha Lamaisa, if we believe that ultimately a monetary award from a basin is considered to be like mamon, not like knas, then halacha Lamaisa, it should pass through to the brothers. So that's the question. So the Gemara now says, this question, this question stood for 22 years, while Rabbah was the head of the yeshiva, it stood for 22 years until, until Allah until Rav Yosef became the Rosh Yeshiva, Upirka, and Rav Yosef answered the Shaila. Now, boss, remember again, I did it a little bit quickly towards the end of the Shiva, but it was quite beautiful and profound. The Rashi spoke about the difference between the leadership styles, or not even leadership styles, the, the knowledge levels of Rabbah and Rav Yosef, right? Rabbah was known as an Oker Harim. Rabbah was known ultimately, again, as someone who uprooted mountains, which means intense analytical skill. Rav Yosef was known as a Sinai, 
was and Sinai means encyclopedic knowledge. Encyclopedic knowledge. So I will say Rabbi was a Rosh Hashiva for 22 years. The issue is, or the issue was, that Allah Chalamaisa, when Rav Yosef became the Rosh Hashiva, people had doubts. People had doubts. They weren't sure if he would be a proper memala makom, if he would be a proper replacement. So the Riboshom gave him incredible siyat the Shmaya, the first, his first day on the job, and he was able to go ahead and answer this question that was outstanding for 22 years, which is really quite exceptional and incredible. So the Gemara, again, let's say there's so much more to talk about with the Sinai versus Oker Harim, which is considered to be a higher level. The Gemara debates this. At the end of the day, the Gemara essentially answers that halacha lamaisi, you need both. You need both. In other words, to, 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 you need the ability to analyze, but again, a person also needs to have, or the, you also need people who possess this voluminous amount of knowledge. So if Yosef comes along and he answers, shiny husband, the Amakra, the Nasana Isha Shachiv, Imad Avia Nara, Chamishim Kesef. The Torah says, and the man who slept with the girl will give to her father 50 silver pieces. Lo Torah So also what's interesting to note is the Torah uses the Lashon of Vinasan. Vinasan. And what does Vinasan tell you? That the father does not really go ahead and acquire anything until it is literally given to him. Mishas Nesina. So this is Rab Shimon's Raya that a father does not become entitled to the awards, ultimately again, until they are actually given to him. And when Rabbah said that after a Beisdin awards the money, it's turned into Mamon, it's turned into Mamon, and ultimately again, it's inherited by the sons, that's with other Knossos. So what's interesting over here is, it turns out what the Gemara is essentially answering is that Ones and Mafuta are different. They're different. And Halacha said they do not become the property of the father until the father quite literally takes possession of them. But if that's the case, To which the Gemara says, well, if that's the case, I can say the same thing by Eved. They both say, what's the Halacha? We've made reference to this already a number of times. If my shar, if my shar kills Ruvain's Eved, so the Torah says there's a penalty payment of 30, 30 shkalim. 30 shkalim. Now the Torah also uses Lashon of Yitain, of Yitain. So I should say also that ultimately, again, that does not become the property of the person until it's actually given over. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Yitain lachud vinasan lachud. So apparently the Gemara says, there's the Lashon of Yitain, Versus the Lashon of Vinasan. So apparently, again, Yitain, Yitain really just refers to a general entitlement. Vinasan means it only becomes yours after you take possession. If that's the case, when the Gemara said before that the Joshua was based on Vikichesh, that's not really true. It's really based on Vinasan. Amarava, ki itzrich Vikichesh, kigon, sha'amdabadin, ubagra umesa. Rava says, you're right. We'll say, this is referencing back to yesterday's daf. When do we use the Lashon, excuse me, the Drasha of Vikichesh? That's in a case of where they began the judicial proceeding. Sha'amda Bedin, Ubagra, she became Bogeres, Umesa, and she died. In that case, when the father inherits, because the daughter has now died, ultimately, again, he's inheriting from her. Ihachi, because she became Bogeres. Ihachi, Yatsu Elisheim Kinas. 
Mamonu. If that's the case, then why did the Raisa say before, excluded are these cases? Must remember again, this was the whole list that we had at the bottom of Ahmed Aleph yesterday. Why are we seeing that ultimately, again, they're excluded because they're Knas? It's not because it's Knas, it's Mamon. What Nachman says, what the Brayse meant to say, is that although these items can morph into Mamon, in their essence, they are Knas. Fine. Going back now to yesterday's death. Remember again, yesterday we had two different kinds of cases of where the father confronted, remember again, Shimon confronted, Shimon confronted Ruvain and said to Ruvain, you went ahead and you violated my daughter. Remember again, Ruvain went ahead and denied those claims, denied it, swore to the fact that he did not do it, and then what? And then admitted the fact that he had, that he had done it. So the Gemara says over here, Eish Reb Shimon, Reb Shimon Poter. Now Reb Shimon said that Halach Alamaisa in a case where Ruvain went ahead and denied that he had violated Shimon's daughter, swears to that effect, and then admits it, Reb Shimon says that he's Potter. Remember again, this position of Reb Shimon. Why does Reb Shimon say he's Potter? But now when we say Potter, by the way, remember what's at play in these cases? What's at play? So remember again, we've got, let's say it's a case of One. So we've got Tsar, Boshes, Pigam, Kinas, right? And now what? Karen, Karen, right? And Asham Gzelos. And Asham Gzelos. Rav Shimon says, you're part of from everything. You're part of everything. What's Rav Shimon's logic? Why? Ultimately, again, because Halacha Lamaisa, because when Ruven goes ahead and admits, and admits that he went ahead and uh, he, me, that he violated Shimon's daughter, he's being Moda Beknas, and as we've established, Moda Beknas Potter. To which the Gemara says, Time Bedinu. So the reason is because ultimately, again, there was no Din Torah. Ha Ahmad Bedin, I will say, because this is case number one. Ha Ahmad Bedin, Mishalim Apiatsmo, Karban Shvua. Sorry, Ha Ahmad Bedin, Mishalim Apiatsmo. But again, had there been a judicial proceedings, where then I will say again, because now we're working under the assumption that after Bezdin awards the money to Shimon, right, to the father of the girl, so the money is transformed into what? Into Mamon. It's no longer Kinas. Ultimately, again, in that case, Ultimately, you'd also be chayiv a carbon shvua. But I will say again, but Reb Shimon himself, Reb Shimon himself said that even I will say, remember again, what was case number two? What was case number two? Case number two in yesterday's brisa was Shimon confronts Ruvain. You violated my daughter, and what? That was that was part one. And we went to Bezdin, and Bezdin found you guilty. Sh- right? Ruvain says never happened. Swore to that effect. Then Ruvain admits. Then Ruvain admits that he did something wrong. It appears that even in that case, Reb Shimon says that you're still potter. To which the Gemara says, you're right. Reb Shimon was saying, according to the Rab, Reb Shimon was trying to reason with the Rab Banan. How so? He said like this. So I will say, now this is going to become very interesting. Reb Shimon holds that in both of these cases, Ruven is going to be potter, right? Let's take a step back here for just a moment. Case number one, right? We had two cases in yesterday's, in yesterday's Braisa. Case number one, Shimon comes over to Ruvain. What does he say? You violated my daughter, right? Ruvain says, Ruvain says, Ruvain says, no, I didn't, right? And Ruvain swears to that effect. I did not. Then what happens? Ruvain admits that he violated the girl, violated the girl. What's from Shimon's position? Shimon says, Potter. Potter from what? 
Puts it from what? Everything. Sar, Boshes, Pigam, Ripoi, and Chomesh, and, and, um, and Ashram Gzelos, right? In Shvua, Ashram Gzelos. Right? So Pata from everything. Why? Because Rabbi Shimon holds that ultimately this is a case of Moda Biknas. Case number two, same thing, except Ruvain adds in one more piece to his claim, which is we went to Bezdin and you were found guilty. You were found guilty. Rabbi Shimon says, I hold, even in what? Even in that case, Ruvain is totally Pata. Why? Because it's still called the case of Moda Biknas. Still called the case of Moda. In other words, that it appears that what Shimon is ultimately holding is that even once Basin reaches a verdict, that verdict doesn't transform the award into Mon. It's still Kanas, and therefore ultimately Reuven is still admitting to a Kanas. So therefore, the Rebbe Shimon here is saying, according to the Ravara, listen to this. So Lididi, three lines are from the bottom, Lididi, according to me, according to me, Rebbe Shimon says, even though the Basin reached a verdict, it's still called Kanas, Still called Kinas Aladidahu. Odu Limihas Hechadalo Ahmad Bedin Yhi Katava Knasa Katava. But Rabbi Shimon says, okay, Rabbanan, I understand in the case of where of where Ruben is admitting that this entire case was already decided by a Bazdin. I got it. You you Rabbanan hold that now the entire award is transformed into Mammon, and therefore Ruben should be chayy for all of these items. But at least admit to me in the case where they did not come to Beisdin, where they didn't come to Beisdin, that halach alamaisa, this is a case of mode biknas, and therefore should be potter. So the Gemara says, utab of mem gimel, umode biknas potter. For Rabbanon Savri, the Rabbanon will say no. Ki katava boshes upigam katava. Rabbanon will say, here is, now, 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 now we're getting to the essence of it. Rabbanon will say, what are they arguing about? Let, let's, let's, let's just focus right now on case number one. On case number one, right? Case number one is Shimon comes over to Ruvain. Ruvain, you violated my daughter. Ruvain says, let's go, let's go. Ruvain says, no, I didn't, right? Ruvain swears that he did not do it. Then Ruvain admits he violated Rachel. And now, of course, obviously also, he also swore falsely. So we've got Rabbi Shimon saying that Ruvain's admission is a case of Moda Bikinas. And Moda Bikinas is Potter. Did Rabbanon say he's Chayiv? So the Gemara says, here we go, but my Kamifligi, what are they arguing about? They're both saying, this is so interesting. So Amra Papa, Rabbi Shimon Savar, Lo Shavik Inish Midei Dikits, Vitava Midei Delokits. So we'll say, here's what's fascinating, because if you think about it, what are they arguing about? So they both say, essentially what they're arguing about is like this. Is when Reuven goes ahead, when, 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 I'm sorry, when Shimon, the father, confronts Reuven, what is the icker thrust of his taina, right? What is it that he's really claiming against Reuven? So Rabbi Shimon holds that what the father of the girl, what Shimon is really claiming against, against Reuven, ultimately is the knas, is the knas. Why? Because I will say, what's the, what's the power of the knas? What's the power of the knas? It's a defined claim. See, boshes, pegam, sa'ar, these are subjective amounts. These are subjective amounts. So therefore, Rabbi Shimon's logic is like this. When Shimon, the father of Rachel, confronts Reuben and says, you violated my daughter, what he's really claiming against, against Reuben is the knas. 
That, that's it. Why? Because because a person is not going to go ahead and leave aside, a, a person is not going to leave aside something that is a quantified amount in order to pursue something that's an unquantified amount. In other words, Rabbi saying, you see, tsar, pain and suffering, right? Boshes, humiliation, pigam, depreciation. These are subjective amounts. You may collect, you may not collect. How much you're going to collect? So when the father confronts Ruvain and says, you violated my daughter, what he's really claiming is the knas. So Rabbi Shimon says, the knas is the dominant form of payment in this scenario. Therefore, the knas eclipses everything else. Therefore, when Ruvain initially denies the claim and then subsequently admits that he did it, this becomes a case of what? Mode de knas. Mode de knas. I admit I owe the kinas. And what's the law of Mode de knas? Potter. Verabonan savri, lo shavik inish midi dihi modi bay, lo mifter, vitavim midi dihi modi bay mifter. Verabonan say no. Kinas is not the acre over here. Why is kinas not the acre? Because also, you see kinas and the other payments. By kinas, you see, Shimon knows full well that Ruben can easily get out of kinas. Both say, you can get out of, it's so fascinating, right? All it requires to get out of kinas is what? Right? So the truth is, Shimon is not going to pursue something that he knows that Ruben could so easily get out of. Instead, what he's going to be focused on, halakha is what? The, parses of, the pieces of payment that ultimately Ruben cannot get out of. So what are the pieces of payment that Ruben cannot get out of? Sar, Boshes, Pagam, the damages. So both say, this is so, it's so fascinating. So here's, here's what's interesting. Both say, it's also interesting that people know, people know in general when you're pursuing damages from someone. So chances are, you, you always run a chance of not getting everything. Not getting everything. So the Shiloh becomes, in the pursuit of the damages, what is it that Shimon, the father of Rachel, is primarily pursuing. So if Shimon says, he's primarily pursuing the knas, because the knas is the fixed amount. That's what I know, that's what I know I can collect. And therefore, according to Rabbi Shimon, knas eclipses all of the mammon components, so that when Ruvain, when Ruvain admits that ultimately, again, he violated Rachel, it's a mode of a knas case in Potter. The Rabbanon will say, nah. Because ultimately, again, Shimon knows that Allah Chalamaisa, Ruben can get out of this just by being moda. Therefore, Allah Chalamaisa, that's not going to be the primary piece he's going to pursue. He's going to really primarily sue the Mammon parts. Incredible, incredible. So, by me, Rabbi Avina Mirav Sheshes. So, Rabbi Avina asked from Sheshes the following question Bas Hanizona. So, we'll say, so first of all, we'll, um, I'll, just, I'll just mention in this piece, in this piece, um, the, the way we paskin, I will say, is as follows. Uh, the way we paskin is like this. Let me just read to you the Rambam, just very quickly. This is Rambam Hilchos, because now we're going to transition a little bit. Rambam Hilchos Shavuos Halacha Gimel. So I will say, we want to know, who do we paskin like in this case of Rabbi Shimon and the Rabbanon? Where here you have the father of the girl, Shimon, confronting Ruvain, confronting Ruvain, you violated my daughter, Ru- right? Ruvain says, no, I didn't. Ruvain swears that he didn't, and then Ruvain admits that he did it. So I both say, what happens now? Is this like Rabbi Shimon, a case of Molde Bikinas and Potter, or is it like the Rabbanon that ultimately again chayv? Now I will say, everyone's going to agree that when Ruvain admits, he will be Potter on the Kinas, right? That, that everyone's going to admit. The Shiloh just is, is he going to be chayv to pay the rest of the payments? So the Rambam writes over here as follows. 
Rambam says that Tavis Chaveru B'davar Sheish Bo Kinashin Mushalim Osap Yatsmo Shukubashaviyano V'yesh Bo Mamon Shumushalim Osap Yatsmo V'kafar Bechol Davar V'nishba Harezeh Chaim Shushua Sabigadol Keitzad. Here is the case. Tevalva Amar Lo Anasta Opasitas Biti. Ruvain says, sorry, Shimon says to Ruvain, you violated or you seduced my daughter. Vahu Omer Lo Anasti Velopasiti. And Ruvain says, no, I didn't. Vinishpa. And ultimately, again, he swore, he swore. Chai Bishua Savikadon. Shafa Bishan Mishalin Knasapiatsmo. Ilohoda Mishalin Boshes Bagapiatsmo. So we'll say the Rambam Paskins that Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa, ultimately we pass like the Rabbanon. That in these cases, although when Ruven goes ahead and admits that he violated Rachel, he will not be chayiv for the kinas, he will be chayiv for the other pieces. He will be chayiv for the other pieces. And by the way, he's also chayiv for taking a false oath, right? For the shvua. So bottom line, Allah Chalamaisa, the Rabban Paskins like the Rabbanon. Fascinating. Okay, let's go back there. So Rabban Rabbi Avin says, Pas Hanizonis Mina Achin, it's mostly an interesting case here. If you have a daughter, a daughter who is supported by her brothers. Now, let's define this case. Take a look at Rashi. Third line from the top in Rashi. We are going to see... That one of the Tanai Ksuba, one of the conditions of the Ksuba that a wife, that a woman would have written in is she would stipulate with her husband that any daughters we have together will always be supported by the estate until they go ahead and get married. So so what this means is as follows. So let's say again, Ruvain's married to Rachel. They have a daughter, Leah. They have a daughter, Leah. And they also have sons, you know, Levi and Yehuda. So, when Ruvain dies, when Ruvain dies, his estate obviously is inherited by his sons. Even though the sons have inherited the estate, they have an obligation to support their sister, the daughter of Ruvain, from the estate. That's Talacha. So, again, the, it's just that the, the daughter, the daughter slash sister, doesn't inherit along with her brothers. But she must be supported by the estate. So Bas Hanizonas Mina Achin, Maisia Deha Lemi. So we'll say, interestingly enough, so now let's say again, so now let's say Rivka, the daughter, she goes out, she goes out to work. Who gets her earnings? Who gets her earnings? Do we say, Bimakom Av Kaimi? Do we say that maybe the brothers like stand in the place of the father? Ma Hasam, because we'll say now the brothers who inherited the estate. Kind of take on the, 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 the status of the father. So just like when the father was alive, the earnings of the daughter went to the father. So maybe now that the father's dead and their brothers inherited the estate and they're obligated to support their sister, maybe the sister's earnings come to them. Oh, Dilma, lo dami la'av. Or maybe not. Maybe not. Their brothers aren't like the father. The father was supporting his daughter from his own money. And therefore, again, it kind of makes sense that the daughter's earnings should go to offset the costs of her support. Here, the brothers are not supporting their sister from their property. I mean, we'll say, technically speaking, it's their property because they inherited it, but it's their father's property. It's their father's property. Therefore, because of that, perhaps they should not be entitled to her earnings. Amrlei said to So we learned this. Here we go. Amonah nizonis minichseyusomim. 
a widow is supported from the estate of the orphans. So now let's say again, Rachel is married. Rachel is married to Ruvain. Now Ruvain dies. Ruvain has sons. His sons inherit the estate, but Rachel is supported from the estate. And Rachel's earnings go to Ruvain's heirs. So it seems to be from here that we see that if you are supported from the estate, your earnings go to the owners of the estate. And therefore, Allah says the same thing. If the daughter is supported from the estate, her earnings will go to her brother, the brothers, the inheritors of the estate. To which the U.S. says, no, 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 that's not fair. Me, dummy. Almenuso lo nechale baharvacha. Vito nechale baharvacha. It could be able to say that in general, a husband doesn't need his widow to go ahead and profit. In other words, they both say, if the widow is being supported from the estate, that's fine, but then her earnings should go to the estate in order to offset the cost. But his daughter, he's happy for his daughter to profit and let the daughter keep her earnings from the estate. I'm sorry, keep her earnings. Is that to say that a daughter enjoys a higher status, so to speak, or I should say, a more favorable status than the widow? Is that what we're saying? I'm sorry. So Chazam made the widow, by the, in the case of the daughter, or I should say, the widow, the halacha Rabbana made the, the widow in her relationship with the daughter, like a daughter with her relationship with her brothers, like a sister with her brothers, when there's few assets. What does this mean? So we'll say, let's say again, father died, father died, and left behind a very meager estate. So what's the halach in this case? So let's listen to this. So let's say father died, left behind a very meager estate. There's only enough of an estate left to support the daughter. In that case, I will say, what do we say? Let the estate be used to support the daughter and let the bro- literally, let the brothers Yishol HaPsachim, which means what? Go and beg. Go and beg. Go and collect door to door. Which is another way of saying, I will say, that if there's a very meager estate, priority is given to the support of the daughter over the inheritance of the brothers. Now, the brothers may <coughs> technically be the owners of the land. In other words, they inherit title. But Lamaisa, what we look at is, if there's only enough here to support the daughter, we allow the property to be used for her support and not for the brothers to be used as whatever they want. So you see from here that the daughter enjoys a certain elevated status over her brothers. So to when it comes to the widow by the daughter, what's the If there's only enough of an estate to support either the widow or the daughter, what's the halacha? The widow is supported and let the daughter go out and collect door-to-door, right? So we'll say, what do you see from here? You see from here that the widow enjoys an elevated status over the daughter. If that's the case, then if we're going to say that the widow's, that the widow's earnings go to the estate, certainly the daughter's earnings should go to the estate, to which the owner says, no, no, no. It's two different things. When it comes to COVID, when it comes to COVID, Ultimately, again, the husband will give more covet to his widow than he will give to his daughter. So if it's a question of who's going to have to go out and beg, we'd rather the daughter do that, the husband would rather the daughter do that than the widow. When it comes to profiting, 
a father has a greater financial father has a greater vested interest in his daughter profiting than his widow. So therefore, you can make the distinction that when the widow is supported by the estate, her earnings, her earnings go to the estate. When the daughter is supported by the estate, perhaps she could keep her own earnings. So massive Rav Yosef, so we'll say, this is now the Mishnah. This is our Mishnah. Right? So we'll say, what did we learn in our Mishnah? What did our Mishnah? That Allah Chalamaisa, a girl, her earnings, and anything she found, she finds, even though the father did not collect them, right? Ultimately, again, during his lifetime, when the father dies, they pass through to the brothers as inheritance. Taima to the Chayaav. Now, the only reason why in the Mishnah the father is entitled to these earnings is because they were earned during his lifetime. What can you infer from here? That anything she earns after his death, ultimately again belonged to the girl herself. My love, Benizonis. And are we not referring to a case where she's supported by the estate? And from here, you see that a girl is permitted to keep her earnings, even if she's supported by the estate. Lo, no, we're talking about a case over here where what? Where she is not supported by the estate. But if she's not supported by the estate, and her father's dead. Right? In other words, obviously, we're talking about an estate. If her father's dead and she's not being supported by the estate, then of course she should be able to keep her own earnings. To which the Gemara says, We'll say, even though there's the possibility of a master to say to his servant, you have to work for me and I'm not going to support you. That's by an Eved Kinani. Because the Torah does not say the Lashon of Imach, that the Eved Kinani has to live with you. But by Eved Ivri, by a Jewish servant, where the Torah says that the Eved has to be with you, Imach, Lo, or as I will say, by an Eved Ivri, I have an obligation to support him. So therefore, again, I'm sorry, so we'll say, all the more so daughter, that Allah, the father cannot say to his daughter, give me your earnings and I will not support you. Oh, what are we referring to? Additional earnings. Additional earnings. So it's actually very interesting that Halacha Lamaisa, what the Gemara just pointed out here is a side point, that Halacha Lamaisa, even if a father is not supporting his daughter, then in that case, he would not be entitled to her earnings, but any additional amounts that she would make above and beyond that which is needed for her support would go to her father, even if he is not supporting her. An interesting halacha. Okay, so Amarava. So we'll say, so now remember again, so we're, we're still, Amarava, Amarava, sorry. So we'll say, so remember, I want to point out, we still have our fundamental question, which is that halacha lemaisa, if a girl is being supported, father died, father died, left behind an estate. Remember again, who inherits the estate? Who inherits the estate? The brothers, the sons, right? Now, but one of the tricks, one of the conditions of the ksuva is that girl, daughter, is supported by the estate of her late father. Now what we're trying to figure out is what? Halacha now she's going out, she's earning money. Who gets the earnings? Who gets the earnings? Does she keep her own earnings? Or do we say that essentially her brothers stand in the place of her father, just as her father would have inherit, would have would have acquired her earnings, so to do the brothers? We haven't answered that yet. Amar Rava. Rava says, Gavra Rabba Yosef Lo Yod, the Ika Hadafa, they come Osif Tiyufta. 
So did a great man like Rav Yosef not, not know this answer of hadaf of additional earnings? And he gave a different answer. Rav Yosef was bothered by the Mishnah. What's the problem? Diktani so let's remember again, going back to our Mishnah that we had in yesterday's daf. what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah said that a girl's earnings and mitziyasa. We'll say, what does mitziyasa mean? Mitziyasa means an object that she found, that she found goes to the father. Even though the father has not yet collected those items, ultimately again, if they are, if they are, anything she earns or anything she has found, even though she has not yet collected them, become the property of the father. To which the Gemara says, I don't understand. I understand the case of earnings that have not been collected. What's the case of earnings that haven't been collected? She worked, but she hasn't been paid. She hasn't been paid. So the Mishnah says, the Mishnah essentially says that if a girl worked, but she hasn't been paid, those earnings belong to her father even though she has not yet collected them. Why? Because she's earned them. In other words, that the father is entitled to any earnings that what? That his daughter has already earned, even if she has not collected. But I will say, what does it mean that he's entitled to something she found, but has not collected? I was say, what does that mean? What does that mean? In other words, if you haven't collected it, so I will say, what is, in other words, she sees a $100 bill on the ground. So I understand, if she picks it up, if she picks it up, who does that belong to? Who does that belong to? Her father. But if she sees $100 bill on the bill, $100 bill on the ground, but hasn't collected it, then how would the father have any entitlement to that? So I'll say, listen to this. Ella Lav Hawking, what it means to say? I'll say, it's actually quite fascinating. Here we go. Her earnings are just like an item that she finds. Just like I will say, what? If she finds an object, if she finds something during the lifetime of her father, whose property does the object become? Her father's. But I'm about to say, what happens if she finds something after the death of her father? Who does that belong to? Who does that belong to? The girl herself. So too, earnings are the same thing. I'm about to say, here we have it. Here we have it. So the Gemara says, none of the Mishnah is coming to teach you, trying to equate the halachos of earnings and findings. Just like if she finds something during the lifetime of her father, the object becomes her father's. And if she finds something after her father died, she keeps it herself. Earnings are the same way. Any money she earned during the lifetime of her father becomes the possession of her father. But any earnings that she earns after the death of her father, ultimately again, are kept by her. I will say it sounds like even what? Even if she's being supported by the estate. So the Gemara says, we'll see that in just a moment. If a daughter is supported, a girl is supported by her brothers, and others from the estate that the brothers inherited, she keeps her earnings. She keeps her earnings. What's the reason? Say the Pasuk we're talking about Avadim, Ever Kinani, right? Gentile servants. They will be inherited to your sons after you. Avadim are inherited by your sons, but your daughters are not inherited by your sons. Meaning what? Magid, Shein Adamorish, Zechusobito Libno. The Bose teaches us that whatever rights a father has in his daughter, 
are not passed down to his sons. So we'll say, here it is. This, this is the conclusion of the sugya. That halacha and this is really it, that any rights a father has in his daughters are not passed down to the sons. And therefore, even though the sons kind of stand in, this, in the place of their father, so to speak, in that now they're running the estate, they own the estate, and now they're obligated to support their sister, the father does not have, excuse me, the brothers do not have any rights to their sister's earnings. Incredible. So Maskifla, I will say, and that we're going to see, that indeed is the halacha, I'll just tell you it now, that indeed is the halacha, the maisa, the Raman Paskins in Hilchos Ishos, Parak Yudtas, halacha Yud, Mitnoik Suva, Shitsiena Habanos Nizonos Minixia Vin Achamoso, Adshis Aso Shebagru. So we'll say, halacha Lamaisa, we're going to see one of the, this is actually Ksuva, so we're going to see this. One of the conditions in the Ksuva, is that when the father dies, a daughter is supported from the estate of her father until either she has Erosin or becomes a Bulgaris. Or becomes a Bulgaris. But when she is supported from her from her father's estate after he dies, the girl keeps her earnings and she keeps anything she finds. Lo la'achim. Not, does not go to her brother. So we'll say that's how he paskin halacha lemaisa. See, even though again during the lifetime of the father he is entitled to her earnings if he's supporting her, he's entitled to that which she finds. That right does not go. Is that right is not inherited to the brothers, and therefore when she's she's supported by the estate, she keeps her earnings and she keeps anything she finds. Incredible. Maybe the Pasik is talking about again the penalty payments. The penalty payments that we're talking about. Right? Not, I shouldn't say, well, right. Maybe it's talking about penalty payments and any damages. Maybe that's what it's referring to. Look at Rashi. So say, maybe when the Torah says that the rights of the father are not inherited by the brothers, maybe that's referring to like, in the case of where she's seduced or violated, it refers to the knas, the tsar, the boshas, the pegam, the ripoy, things like that. Maybe that's not inherited, maybe that's not acquired by the brothers. But earnings are, earnings are. To which the Gemara says, Chavalos tsara de gufanenu. We'll say, of course, the brothers don't get, don't get tsar, boshas, pegam, ripoy. Why? Because tsar ultimately represents damages done to her body, pain and suffering that she experienced. Of course, she's going to keep that herself. Perhaps we're talking about a case where I'll say where she was injured on her face, in which case, again, that's not simply a tsara de gufa, but that also represents a potential pigam, a potential diminution in her value. Well, so here it is again. When a daughter is supported from the brothers, which means, when it means she's supported from her brothers, what it means is that ultimately the brothers inherited the estate. The brothers inherited the estate. And now she is being supported from that estate. She keeps her earnings. Talking about an Eved Kenani. You shall pass down your Eved Kenani to your sons after you as a form of inheritance. And we dash in from that. It's only Avadim 
who are inherited by one's sons, but your rights, a father's rights in his daughters, are not inherited by the sons. Magid she'in adam morish zuchus bito libno teaches us that a father does not go ahead and bequeath the rights of his daughters to his sons. So we'll say, therefore, again, the same thing we just said before. Therefore, even though the daughter is being supported from the estate, she keeps her earnings for herself. Amrle amrle avimi. Bar Papi, Shakud Amra. So Abim Bar Papi said, Shakud. Rabbi says, Shakud means the diligent one, right? The, the stark one. He said this halacha. So the Gemara says, Shakud, man, who's the Shakud? Rabbi says, Shmuel. So Shmuel, so that, that's they used to call Shmuel. They used to call Shmuel the Shakud. Right? Shmuel the sharp one. So one said, but Shmuel didn't say this. Harav Amra, but Rav said this. Ema af Shakud Amra. Even the sharp one said it. Amr Mar Bar Amemar Rabashi. Hachi Aminar Doi. To which the Gemara says, And we'll say that is indeed how we pass in Halacha Lamaisa. That remember now, Rav Sheshes, Rav Sheshes felt that Halacha Lamaisa, that the Halacha Lamaisa, that we learn out daughter from Almana. That was Rav Sheshes's position. Rav Sheshes wanted to say the same way that an Almana, when she is supported from the estate, her earnings go to the estate. So to daughter. When she is supported by the estate, her earnings go to the estate. That was Rav Sheshes. Rav said, no, Amana's different. Amana's different because, again, a, a man wants his Amana to be taken care of, but he does not need her to financially profit. A daughter, he's happy if the daughter puts away some money in the bank. And Rabbi says, we just saw before in the Rambam, Halacha Maisa, that's how he passed. So we'll say two important takeaways from here. Number one, there's a Tanai in the Ksuva. And we're going to see this, Sugya. There is a condition in the Ksuva that ultimately, again, promises support of the daughter, both during the lifetime of her father, as well as in the event of death or divorce. I will say it's an important tonight. Why? Because remember, when the father dies, a daughter doesn't inherit if there are sons. So ultimately, again, sons inherit the entire property. But the tonight suva ensures that daughter will still be supported from the estate. That's number one. And number two, we asking that even when she is supported by the estate, Anything she finds belongs to her. And ultimately, again, any earnings belong to her as well. Incredible. Says Mishnah Bosei. Hama'ares, interesting case. Hama'ares says, Bito Vigirsha. Bosei, listen to this. A man, a father, a father, goes ahead and marries off his daughter in Arison. In Arison. Hama'ares says, Bito Vigirsha. But then her husband divorces her from Arison. From Arison. Then the father marries her off a second time. Irsa Vinis Armala. Now he marries her off a second time. Husband number two, right? Husband number two. And ultimately, again, in this case, she's widowed. So a case number right, she right, father married her off to Ruvain, she was divorced. Ruvain divorced her from Arison. Father marries her off to Shimon. Shimon dies from Arison. From Arison. What's Talacha? Ksuvasa Shalo. We'll say in this case, ultimately, again, the Ksuva belongs to the father. We'll say very interesting because. Obviously, the mission coming from a perspective that when is that there's a ksuva as of when? As of when? As of Arison. Okay, we're, we're going to talk about this. So, ksuvasa shel aviha. Look at Rashi. Look at Rashi. So, the Gemara says, ksuvasa shel av, ksuva shigove mishne erusin halalu, kasava yish ksuva la rusa, meinarus akatnes kama. So, first of all, a couple of things we're presupposing. Number one, the girl in question, obviously, is still either a katana or an arusa or or nara. That's why she can be married off by her father. Number two, I will say when the when the Mishnah says that the ksuva belongs to the father, which ksuva are referring to? 
There's two ksuvas over here. There's ksuva for marriage number one to Reuven, ksuva for marriage number two to Shimon. So father gets both those ksuvas. Number three, we're assuming that there is a ksuva obligation from Arison and on. We'll talk about all those things. Next, hisia vigirsha siyevinis armala. It was like case number two. Case number two is ultimately, again, where halacha lamaisa, father married her off to Reuven. She has nisuin with Reuven. And then what happens? He divorces her. Then he see of he married, right? Divorces her. He marries her off again to Shimon. She has nisu, right? She has nisuin with Shimon. Venice Armala, now she's widowed. Ksuvasa shela. In these cases, halachalamaisa what? Both of her ksuvas belong to her, belong to the girl. Now, what's the logic of that? Look at Rashi. Ksuvasa shela. Demisha hisia pakarushusa. Ubasar govaina azlinan. Vigovaina. Supposed to here's the difference in this case. Once a girl has Nisuin, ultimately, again, her father no longer has any rights in her. Right? Her father no longer has any rights in her. So therefore, once the father once the father marries her off in Nisuin, he no longer has any rights in her. And I will say when it comes to Ksuva entitlement, we look at the time of collection. And therefore, again, collection here took place after Nisuin. And after Nisuin, ultimately, father no longer has any rights. So even though we said in the first case that there's a Ksuva entitlement already as of Erosin, we look at over here, when is the Ksuva collected? The Ksuva is collected, I'll say, after Nisuin in these cases. Therefore, after Nisuin, the father no longer has any right in his daughter. And therefore, in both of these cases, the Ksuva will be given to the girl. Fine. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Rabbi says, from the first marriage, from the first marriage, the Ksuva, from the marriage to Ruvain, the Ksuva goes to the father. From the second marriage, the Ksuva will ultimately go to the girl. So the Gemara says, Shalav, Amrulo, The Chazal argued on this and they said to the, they said to Rabbi, they said to Rabbi Huda, uh, Rabbi Huda, they said Rabbi Huda, not true, because once the father marries off his daughter, he no longer has any rights in her. Good. Well, so it says the Gemara, interesting. Taima, Now, if you take a look at the cases, how are the cases set up, Rabosai? The cases that, now, remember, first part of the mission is talking about just Arison with two husbands. Second part of the mission is talking about with Nisun with two husbands. But they both follow the same model. What's the same model? She's divorced from the first marriage and what? Widowed from the second. Why don't you just make it widowed from both marriages? Oh, listen to this. If she were to be widowed twice, we would not let her get married again. Why not? The Gemara says, there's a concept that when a woman is married multiple times and her husband dies, she's called the Katlanis. Ultimately, again, we assume that maybe there's something wrong with this woman that all of her husbands are dying. So the Maisi and say there is a Shaila, we'll talk about the Sugya, there's Machlokas, does the woman become a Katlanis after two, two, two dead husbands or three dead husbands? The Gemara says, you see from here that our Mishnah is paskening that it's after two dead husbands. That's why, again, we set up the cases of divorce and death and not two cases of death. So we'll say just as an aside, and the Mishnah often does this, the Mishnah sometimes teaches us a lesson implicitly. 
So by setting up this case as divorce and death, we paskin like Rebbe. Rebbe says that Chazaka is established after two times, and therefore if this woman were to have two dead husbands, ultimately, again, that would, ra- that, that, that would, that would, that would solidify her identity as a Katlonist, and she would not be permitted to marry a third time. Okay, Rabbi Huda Omri Shonah Shalav, so Rabbi Huda says, now remember, Rabbi Huda held that Allah Chalamaisa, in the first case, right, so remember again, it's case number two, right, Hus- father marries off his daughter to Ruvain, right, Nisuin, Ruvain divorces her, then he marries her off to Shimon, Nisuin, Shimon dies. Rabbi Huda says, the first suf, the first marriage belongs to the father, to which the Gemara says, my time Rabbi Huda, so Rabbi Rabbi will say ultimately why? Because they hold that the father acquired the rights in the Ksuva from the times of Erison. From the times of Erison. So we'll say, we'll have to stop over here for today. We'll pick up Emirat Hashem with this discussion further tomorrow. But I will say, what essentially we're going to get into is a fundamental machlokas, halacha lemaisa, as to what point in time the father becomes entitled to the ksuva of his daughter. We'll stop here, pick up with that discussion in Mirat Hashem tomorrow. Shkoyach.